0: This episode is brought to you by our Hosting Handbook Mini Course. Whether you already started hosting your first Airbnb or you're still trying to soak up as much knowledge as you can, this course is the ultimate cheat sheet. It can transform your hosting from hobby to business. Get our coveted templates that include your welcome book, a turnover handbook, and supply closet spreadsheet, plus other great bonuses you don't want to miss. Our hosting handbook is usually priced at two ninety seven, dollars but for a very limited time, you can get all of this for a special price of $27. Head to www.thanksforvisiting.me forward slash hosting handbook to get Instant Access. Now on to the show.
1: You're listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. We believe hosting with heart is at the core of every successful short-term rental. With Annette's background in business operation and Sarah's extensive hospitality management and interior design experience, this dynamic duo has welcomed more than 2,000 guests from 25 countries, earning them over half a million dollars and garnering them over 650 five-star reviews. Now they're ready to share creative ways for your listing to stand out, to serve your guests and be profitable. Each episode will have knowledgeable guests who bring value to the short-term rental industry, or Annette and Sarah will share stories about their own experiences so you can implement actionable improvements to your own rentals. Whether you're experienced, new, or nervous to start your own short-term rental, we promise you'll feel right at home. Here are your hosts, Annette and Sarah. Hello,
2: listeners. Welcome back for another great week. I am Sarah Karakayan.
0: I am Annette Grant, and together we are. Thanks Thanks for for visiting.
2: We are so excited for another great episode, as we always are. We truly love doing this each and every week, you guys. So I hope you love tuning in with us. We're going to start this episode like we do each and every week by sharing you and one of your spaces. We do this by asking you to use our hashtag STRShareSunday on Instagram. If you don't know, if you're new to the podcast, STR stands for short-term rental. So while we mostly talk about Airbnb on this podcast, truly what you have is a short-term rental. Um, And this week, we are sharing... Annette, (laughs) drumroll... (laughs) <laughs> the handle is La Casita Cacao. I believe that's how we say cacao because I believe it's also the host's last name. It's hosted by Natalie. Um, Annette, what do we love about her her space?
0: Ooh, it is it is dreamy, but it is uh, it's one of a kind. Let's put it that way. It is an old shed turned into an Airbnb farmstay casita. I mean, you got to go to the feed to get a feel for what it's all about. You are going to see animals in the Truth. feed for sure. Yes, <laughs> it's four hundred and
2: thirty square feet, and I'm in so impressed because there are two beds and there is also, I believe, a bathroom. So that is super impressive. I I would love to see this. There's um, a
0: bathroom, but it's not going to be your normal right. toilet.
2: So right, <laughs> and that's and that that's a good segue in that into our favorite thing about our favorite thing but the thing we think our listeners can learn most about Natalie's listing is within her listing she has it's kind of like a really good blog post so bloggers know this like if you put like here are five things to dot 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 right like it catches someone's attention it they know they have five things to get through it's digestible and so she has attention here are five things to note about our place and then she lists these five things and they're like things like you know, you're going to see construction um, material on the site because they're building a new uh, garden fence, privacy fence. Uh, there's a long dirt road. There is a composting toilet, and don't worry, there are directions on site. You'll see farm animals, and that they don't provide Wi-Fi. So it's a really, that way it's not just big paragraph of things that they might, you know, honestly, all of us have like this attention deficit situation where like, we're like, yeah, it looks beautiful. Let's go there. And then you find out when you get there, there's no Wi-Fi, and the host has to say, you know, it was in our listing. She kind of takes care of that by making it easily digestible.
0: I don't think I've ever seen this in a listing before, but one of the things for sure, if you wake up at the casita, you will always have a bowl of fresh farm eggs waiting on you. Oh my gosh. I don't know where else you can really say that, but please, listeners, go to go to Natalie's feed, check it out. It is so beautifully done. Um, we can't wait to stay. Continue to use the hashtag we we have to give her a shout out because she's also a podcaster. <laughs> just yes. learned that, so so give her a follow on her podcast too. But uh, Sarah, speaking of bloggers,
2: yes, let's, let's get into get today's episode. episode. Yeah, okay, listeners, I'm very excited. I'm gonna just the overall thesis. Of are you just Are you a fangirl? Are you fangirling? Oh, I, Sarah. Ashley knows I'm fangirling. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. I you just are. gave it away. It but today's episode is essentially it's the first time that we're doing this, but we will be doing this. I can, I bet you in the future again, it's like a live coaching. So just get that your brain's ready. On today's show, we have Ashley Wilson, who is a blogger, a very successful blogger at At Home With Ashley. So her website is at homewithashley.com. She writes about home decor, DIY, and decorating on a budget. And she definitely has a niche look, but I'm not going to give it away because you need to check it out. It is beautiful. It is stunning. It is dialed in. And she has uh, short-term rental listing in Hollywood, Florida. And I believe she's got one coming up here in Logan, Utah as well, available this fall. And Ashley reached out to us because one day on Instagram, I posted on my personal ins- or my other business Instagram account that had I known now what I knew back in New York City when I first started hosting, I could have made at least 30% more you know, as, as a host. And so Ashley messaged me and she was like, I would love to know what that is, I'm like, oh, girl, it's it's, it's intricate, right? It's, it's deeply woven into all the different strategies I've learned about. And so I was like, Ashley, would you be okay with getting super um, open and letting us like dissect your listing for all of our listeners to hear? And she was like, sure. So welcome to the show, Ashley. We're so excited to have you.
3: Oh my gosh, my guys. I'm so happy to be here. And thank you for that really sweet introduction. You're so nice. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm
2: going to brag about you really quick um, a little bit more, and then I'm going to let you tell us, the listeners your story. Listeners, if you... So Annette and I are actually just wrapping up right now, co-hosting Coaching Live, where we have a group of um, students who are learning how to run other people's short-term rentals. And I just did like this 20-minute segment on Instagram on how it can really help you grow your business. It's helped me, especially when I moved to Columbus and I knew no one. It is truly how Nick and I built up our business when we moved to New York City. Ashley has a stunning Instagram account and uh, her feed is cohesive. Her stories, her Instagram stories are educational. Uh, She's got a really good profile, like how it's laid out. She has 155,000 followers, really great engagement. I love following her stories each and every day. So um, Ashley, would you tell our listeners a little bit about how you got started as a blogger? And then of course, how that led you to being a short-term rental host? Sure.
3: So I've been blogging about five years and I I worked as a visual merchandiser for a furniture store before that. And then I had my son and I was like, Oh, I have to go back to work. And so I started my blog in like part-time minutes here and there. And it's kind of grown and I was able to quit my job and I blog full time now, which is fun because I get to be home with my son and then make projects too. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. And then we... I've always loved Florida. So we decided let's buy a house there and we'll snowboard there. And in the off season, we'll rent out the other house. We'll own two houses, but one will always be on Airbnb. And it's kind of a weird setup. And I know most people don't do it like this. And we're still learning. But that's, that's what we're doing right now. So I you, love
0: it. You leave Utah in the winter and go yeah. to Florida in the summer. Okay. And then did you have to convince your husband to purchase this property for Airbnb? Or was it something that you two had been discussing like a short-term rental or any sort of real estate? Had that been part of your family discussions?
3: Oh, it's been a long dream for both of us. Um, His best friend actually used to live there. So that's one of the reasons we picked Hollywood, Florida. And we rented a house there for a winter so we could just make sure we liked the area. And we were like, we don't want to leave. But... (laughs) But yes, yeah, so we tested it out and we're totally on the same page with it, even with its weird complications of like essentially moving every six months.
0: Right. Um, That's very interesting. I like listeners. Ashley just gave a great point of, you know, if you are wanting to purchase something that a large investment like that, I love that you tested it for a whole entire season before, you know, you put your toe in the water before diving, diving all the way in with a cross country, you know, property. That was extremely
3: smart <laughs> of you. I'm sure it was so good because we could like make sure the neighborhood was safe in which exact section we loved. So yeah, I would totally suggest that too.
2: Now, does your hubby, does he also have a flexible job where he
3: can kind of work from anywhere? Yes. My husband works. um, He he, he has like an online job like me. And so he can work from anywhere and it's super nice. So yeah, that's the other part of it is we have flexibility. Well, I
2: think this is so timely too, Ashley, because even if someone didn't have a remote job, Pre March, (laughs) they might now. You know, so a lot of businesses are learning how to how to do what they do, remote or having their team be remote, and so that might give a lot of people the flexibility to kind of like maybe not leave their hometown forever, but at least go to that other place that might has might have interest them. You know, half of the year or for a few months out of the year, and truly renting out the home as a short term rental allows. More flexibility and to offset those additional costs, how long have you guys been doing this for?
3: we bought the Airbnb in January, so it's only been you know what seven months yeah and and,
0: and a tricky sure. and a tricky seven months um, let's put that kind of exclamation point on <laughs> on, on your journey yeah listeners, if you want to before Sarah and I start to dive in to this session uh ashley's instagram handle for her her property specifically is at pink palm hideaway again that's at pink palm pink palm p-a-l-m hideaway and if you um you know if you go to that you can take you can take a peek and at her her amazing place there and then go to her listing and we can kind of walk through it you can you can take a peek at it as we go through it
2: all right, Ashley, are you ready for this? We're gonna we're gonna do a deep dive. This is very awesome of you. I know there's some vulnerability there because I can see all of the work you've put into this stunning home. And truly, um, you know, we talked with Ashley before we went live listeners, and we told her too. There's some things that because this home is her. Cur- home when she's living in Florida, there are some things she may not be able to do or it just doesn't work for her family. And so we're still going to mention them to all of you in case it's something that might strike a chord with you and your situation. And Ashley is cool with that. So Ashley, thank you so much.
3: I'm super cool with it. And I'm grateful for any tips and I'm open to anything and hopefully this will help other people. So I let's dive in. I'm excited. All right. Well, let's start with some
2: greats. I mean, all of it's great, honestly. And the the things that we're going to talk about are little nitpicky things and that we'd love to like, I, I will obviously check in with you long after this podcast ends and sees and to see how everything's going for you. But some of the great things, number one, is the cohesiveness of the design of your rental. I mean, it's, it's, it's on brand, obviously, with At Home with Ashley and your design aesthetic and even the home. You really take in the home's um what it's saying as a piece of architecture and and you're kind of like just putting your stamp on it without it making it feel disjointed. And The great thing about that is when someone is shopping at Airbnb.com for a place to stay, you are going to attract the kind of traveler who is going to really appreciate staying in a home like this. And I just think that you're going to, that right there gets you the kind of reservation that you want to have, Ashley. So I commend that. And the fact that you gave it a great name is also fantastic. So, listeners, I don't know if you know, but if on Airbnb they now offer Airbnb.com forward slash H forward slash, and then whatever you want the home's name to be, right? And it, that 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 initial, that H is for a house. And so I believe that changes with the type of property you have. But just a couple of things, actually. So number one, I love that you have a name for it, the Pink Palm Hideaway. But I'm wondering too, and Annette, we actually didn't talk about this, but it just struck me that Depending on if, like you know, what the season is, what your what your occupancy rate is, Ashley, if you're getting a little bit worried about wanting to attract um, more guests, playing with that title might attract people who are looking for certain um, stays. So whether it's in proximity to some place, you know, nearby, or maybe you just upgraded your Wi-Fi and you want to boast about that in your title, you can change that title often and to reflect events that are going on in town, to reflect something new that you've added. And Airbnb loves it when you do that. It kind of is just like with your website or your blog, and you change it up with new posts and new photos. It lets Airbnb know that
3: you're an active host. so interesting. I had no clue, yeah. and 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 with
0: that, you could put, especially right now during these times, if you're open to like very long term stays, you know, you could at you could suggest in that title who you're looking for to stay there. you know, like who you're like, hey, this might be for you, and, and you know, talking about those longer term stays. But a lot, Sarah, do we know, I know we can get this, but the exact amount of characters you can use in the title. Yep.
2: It's 50. Okay. And they also, a lot of our friends in the Airbnb influencing space, a lot of those people who are obsessed with Airbnb as we are, agree that the more characters you use in your title, the better. But also to keep the most important keywords towards the front of the title, because often on mobile sites and things like that, you may not see the entire all 50 characters in your in your listings title. So um, if you want to like, I often just kind of use those um, those vertical lines to like, delineate different attractive features within my short-term rental, whether it's like one mile from convention center, 200 Mbps Wi-Fi, safe location, right? And I might change that up. So some people are really good with getting words out that might be really engaging to get a traveler in without it being so like bullet pointed, I would say. But regardless, that first one, it's a mile from the convention center or a block from the convention center might Um, and I know that there are conventions coming to town and people are going to start looking for a place to stay, that's a great way to get those people to book my place first, right? So again, I love Pink Palm Hideaway. Definitely keep that for your Instagram. Have a hashtag for it. And that's something else we wanted to talk to you about too, um, so that people can post images of them staying in in your rental um, and that you can reshare if it makes sense for your different marketing efforts. And of course, for Airbnb's direct booking link uh, for your rental. But if you want to feel free to play with your title, Airbnb is going to give you some love for that.
3: Oh, I
0: will. Thank you. Yeah. And for you, I'm not sure. I'm trying to look through your listing. I don't know if you can like walk to the beach from your place, but if it's like, if you could walk to the beach or ride your bike, you know, something that lets them know how close, you know, Sarah and I like convention center is really important to us. And like, what is that? What's that feature that like people are coming to Hollywood for? And, you know, can they, can they get there super quick from your place? Anything like that would, would be great. All right, Sarah, let's just talk about this real quick. And because we know Ashley has spent so much time on this property. Oh my gosh,
2: it's so good. <laughs> and
0: she is, she's a blogger, so she's a writer. Let's talk about her photos are already amazing, but let's talk about potentially adding some copy into those photos, Sarah.
2: Yeah, Ashley. So where I'm actually scrolling through them right now. And I love that you do say, you know, I'm on your powder room photo right now, or I'm on your... Kitchen photo right now. And the photos are stunning. So I obviously don't have to tell you that. You know the importance of a great photo, but you're such a good writer. You know, I love your Instagram posts and I can like get drawn into your captions and of course, um, any of your blog posts on your blog. So I would recommend, you know, don't get too fancy with your copy on your photos, but draw me in as a potential guest on why, you know, this bed is super comfy or why the water pressure in your shower is you know, whatever, or like maybe a picture of your kitchen. Um, It's like, you know, it takes me back to like a time gone by, but I'm going to feel relevant because the fridge is full size and the oven's gap. Like whatever that is, but definitely use your power of writing to draw me in with the photos.
3: How would you feel about doing something like that? I think it's so smart. I kind of was like in a rush to like get the listing. <laughs> and sure, like, sure. <laughs> like, I could like these details, but now I'm like, why haven't I? It's, uh, yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. And you know, I, I'll, listeners, I'm I, actually, like the past few months, I've onboarded like five or six properties and I am absolutely at fault for just getting it up there. Because as Annette, the one very important thing I've learned from Annette since I met her a couple of years ago is done is better than perfect. And I am definitely a perfectionist. So it's hard for me to learn that. But absolutely, Ashley, you did the right thing. And you put some... You did put like where this is in the room, in your home, which is helpful. But yeah, now that you have more time and these are up, definitely go back in there and and draw me in as a potential guest. like Sell me the space almost um, so that I can picture myself staying there, if that makes
3: sense. Yes. Love it. I will do that.
0: Yeah. And we'll have to... Um... Listeners, we'll make sure um, Ashley. If you don't mind, we'll make this part of. Uh, we'll, we'll have to circle back and, and do a review of the listing. You know, maybe like six months, a year from now, and take a look at all these amazing changes. We know that you're gonna you're gonna make. So, Sarah, we had we have this. We already chatted about a little bit. Like she di- she does in her photos highlight distances to attractions. So, is that something? I know that's in here location-wise, you talk about the walking score, the transit score, bike score, but is there a way that we could add some more specifics about all of the things like actual distances? I know that's something that you have all of that you highlight, like the beach boardwalk, the Art and Culture Center. I'm thinking maybe if you would break that down though and give, and especially the beach, um, I know you say two miles, but kind of give that in the listing location also some very specific distances. I think the longer you host, Ashley, you'll find that people start asking you like, how close are you to this? How close are you to that? You get that all the time, right, Sarah? That's something that I feel like I have copy and pasted to, to like tons of attractions.
2: Yeah. And I actually learned this from a client, Ashley, that I've adopted um, into my own business. But what she did was she went to Google Maps and did like a walking. She changed the directions to like a person walking. And then she screenshotted like from where the Airbnb is to that destination and kind of shared in her photos. It was towards the end of of her listing, but just those common places, like how close they are to those great attractions. I know you picked this location, because of the location. And so um, that might be something that you want to do. That's more of like, you have it in your copy, like in the description with with words and the walking score, but you can also have it as a visual for people who are more visual, who might remember your listing more because they have, because that's the best way that they learn and lock away information.
3: Yeah, that's so great.
2: And then another thing really too, um, uh, Ashley, is that the photos are stunning. Some of them are... uh, vertical. And unfortunately, Airbnb doesn't show us love with vertical photos as much as they do horizontal that I can get more of the room in there. I don't know if that's Strategic on your end or whatever, but listeners um when you're getting photos taken out of your space, vertical ones are great, but I've learned over the years to tell my photographer because I don't know how to take pictures but that the more horizontal photos they can give me, the better because it just gives the potential guest more of an understanding of the space and I can fit more of the awesome stuff into that photo okay,
3: good to know I for Instagram, vertical is so much better right I know <laughs> I have more of them and so- So, but yeah, I can take more horizontal. I
2: love that. Yeah. Well, you can use the vertical then too for your Instagram, for your stories, your highlights on At Home with Ashley. And then of course, for the actual Airbnb listings, uh, Instagram handle too. And then yeah, for Airbnb listing, you could maybe get some more horizontal photos in there for the people who are shopping that way. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Annette, what's next?
0: Okay. This one... We're going to talk about story really quick, and then, Sarah, we're going to get into pricing because that's going to be loaded. So listeners, I'm just warning you, that part's coming up, and it's going to be exciting because we're going to teach her to increase profits. But one of the ways, before we get to that, we want you to tell your story, Ashley. That is the reason, um, in, in, the, in the description of yourself, where it says, hosted by Ashley, I have no idea. And it's up to you how comfortable you are sharing this. But I would love to know who you are, um, that you actually split your time and this is your residence and that you are a blogger and a design blogger. And I would really like to see you draw that potential guest in with who you are. Um, And I don't know how comfortable you are doing that. I, I, I understand that sometimes people like to keep that separate, but I think it might help you increase revenue. Because if I was choosing between Two or three places in Hollywood, Florida. And I saw your listing, and someone else was like, Oh, I totally want to stay with this design bloggers spot. You know, like I think telling your story as a family and how you've invested in that area, I, I just think there's a lot of opportunity there. And a lot of hosts, Sarah, if you can agree with me on this, they leave that part out. And I think it also personalizes the space and helps your guests. Connect with you and honestly respect your your place that much more. Do you agree with that, Sarah?
2: I do, Ashley. What are your thoughts on that? As you know, a mom and as a blogger, I know you put so much of yourself out there on Instagram. How would you feel about doing that on Airbnb and beefing up your profile?
3: I think that's totally fine. I mean, it's already out there. <laughs> like, you know what I mean, I already share everything. It might as well be on Airbnb. I just, you know what I mean. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm a design blogger. Like I'm not I'm not a boastful person. But you're right. I need to tell the story better so they feel comfortable. And yeah, I like that idea.
2: Yeah. And you and you don't think you have to, you know, say like, I'm an interior designer and or whatever it is. Like it can just start with your family story. Like, you know, we we stayed in, in Hollywood, Florida before we decided to make this our home away from home. And mm-hmm. perhaps you're coming to Florida for the same reasons, or just check it out. Here's what we learned: our favorite spots are when we first stayed here. Like, make you can make it more about Hollywood and Absolutely. how it how it affects you and your family. And then at the end, if you want to say, and if you want to learn more about me and my design aesthetic, you could follow me here. I mean, there is nothing wrong with sharing, you know, your business and what it is that you do on Instagram again. And I think you're going to attract the kind of guests that you'd like to have. Someone who's going to appreciate all that tedious work you've put into this home. Um, and they're going to know the designer behind it for sure.
0: And listeners, this is an opportunity. Um, all of the information that we're giving Ashley, please review your own listing from the copy in your photos to who you are as a host. Like Ashley said, I know a lot of us get busy when we're just getting started and we're like, oh, I'll fill that stuff in later. Tell... tell all the potential people that are going to stay with you about yourself, you know, you don't have to be a blogger, or designer. You can just, you know, care about that property. So don't let that valuable space go to waste. Make sure that you're, you know, letting your potential guests know who they're staying with. Yeah,
2: all right, Annette, what's next? Ooh,
0: this is gonna be this is the fun part. Let's really dig in with Ashley about where we see potential for her to increase her revenue, and and listeners, we have not talked to Ashley about this ahead of time. So we're gonna we're gonna give her these, and she can respond. But we want to talk about your pricing strategy. Uh, we want to talk about your minimum night stay and just some of the amenities that you offer, Sarah. Which one should we should we start with?
2: Well, Ashley, before we start saying things, you're like, yeah, girls, I already have all that. So <laughs> let us know what is what is your current. Pricing strategy and I would say calendar strategy ties in with income as well. So what how are you approaching your calendar and the and the nightly stay rate?
3: I think we have two or three night minimum, I think is what we have. And I think our lowest is 85. We're in the hottest part of the year. And so I kind of feel like Florida, I have to price it a little bit lower because not as many people are visiting. Mm-hmm. But uh, you guys, I don't have a strategy. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, that's what, we, that's, that's so, what we're here for. Like, honestly, tell me whatever you think. So.
2: Yeah. So I, so number one, yes. When it's not, I always relate it because I'm also in real estate in terms of um, my husband and I flip houses and we have rentals and that kind of stuff. It's almost like a buyer seller's market ideal too for short-term rentals. There are times this season when you, the seller... The host, you have kind of like the upper hand with pricing, and there are times when you are, and and right now might be one of those times, you know, with with everything going on with the pandemic, where we're having to get really competitive with pricing, but not wanting to go so low we attract the wrong kind of traveler, someone who isn't going to respect the space because they haven't put, as I like to say, skin in the game. You right? Like more often than not, you appreciate what you pay for. So, Ashley, what? Do you know what your occupancy rate has been the past couple months?
3: I mean, it's been pretty full. I think July we had three days empty. Oh, awesome. June, maybe four or five. I don't know. It's been pretty good. Oh, that's amazing. That's, yeah. No, that's excellent. That's And so what that
2: tells me is that you might be priced a little on the low side. Because here's the thing. If you were to raise your prices by about, you know, anywhere from 3 to $7 a night uh, and just get like one less booking, you might still make the same amount that month and have one less traveler come through your door, which means less liability, but same amount of income. So... My sweet spot that I like to stay in around is right around that 80%, 85%. And if I get much higher than that, I know I can bump up my pricing. If I get much lower than that, I know that I'm probably just too expensive for that time of year. So paying attention, listeners, to your occupancy rates is really important. And you can do that on Airbnb by going to the performance tab on that website. And they give you... And even actually now, Airbnb, I think they've rolled it out to most of the hosts. But when you log in, they have your dashboard. And they kind of give you a really great overview of how your property is performing, your conversion rate. So how many people are looking versus how many people are booking. And that can tell you a story. So if you don't have a great conversion rate, but your occupancy is still decently high, you might have opportunity to add copy to your photos, to refresh your title, to refresh your description, to maybe get that conversion rate higher, get more people booking. And maybe that could even translate to higher nightly prices as well. I do love that you have a a two to three minimum night stay. I think that you could even play with Ashley that as well. Like Maybe you bumped it to three to four night commitment um, and see how that plays out with your occupancy rate. It's your first year in business. So you're going to have to play around a little bit with pricing and uh, minimum night stay. And... I would start a spreadsheet for yourself. It doesn't have to be anything epic and just share, you know, in August, you had this occupancy, rate, You had this many guests come through your door and here was your minimum night stay. And then start tracking those things over, you know, over the years and seeing where your sweet spot is. You can see where it is in economic (laughs) downturns, kind of like we're in now. And you'll, obviously you'll be able to celebrate those months when Florida is going to be a really safe, awesome place to travel in the future as well. And so um, you'll know how high you can go with your pricing because the property is stunning as yours. I know that you're, you're going to be able to be that top echelon of, of rentals in your area. All right. Next. That's really
3: smart. I love that. Thank you. Yeah,
0: Sarah, let's talk. This is the one we're going to need your opinion on, uh, Ashley. We see some opportunity for a higher nightly rate with your sleeping arrangements. Sarah, let's let's dig in there and explain what we so so right now Ashley offers one queen bed, one twin bed and an air mattress. Correct, Ashley? Correct. Okay. Sarah, what did we see there as the opportunity zone, I guess, with the sleeping arrangements?
2: <laughs> yeah. And so obviously, listeners and at night and chat about this too and Ashley, we want to give you a little bit obviously of a we get it. Ashley has um a son and obviously this is her home away from home for a period of time and so having a kids room with a twin with a yeah, twin size bed just makes sense for for you and your family. But if there is ever an opportunity to um, put in a queen size bed in that bedroom, Ashley, I know that. I mean, for one thing, I'm going to be stereotypical here. And your property is definitely going to attract girls' weekend getaways, you know, those bridal showers, baby showers. There's a, there's a beautiful feminine vibe to your space. And you know i almost rather share a queen size bed with my girlfriend than be on an air mattress while she's in the twin size bed in the same room so even if you keep your room so that room definitely has a kids vibe to it which i love right because you that's who you are that's what your son will enjoy when he's there and yeah. you're going to attract families who are traveling and that wouldn't stop me as a traveler from booking this home for sure but i just wonder if that might be something that deters people from actually Deciding to book your place because they are bringing four people and someone has to stay in the air mattress. Does that make sense?
3: It totally makes sense. We have talked about this. At first, we were playing around with doing a second twin, but you think a queen's better? Second twin or
2: queen? Actually, I would. I I don't have an opinion. Annette, do you? I definitely
0: think. Well, I have an opinion that just beds, like getting rid of the air mattress, would. Uh, definitely, you know, pull more people in. I think for me, and you would know Hollywood, you would know the territory a little bit better than me. But I just know that um, I think about hotel rooms. And historically, hotel rooms, they normally put, what, two queen beds, you know? So I think traditionally, we're used to that. and, And if you were, and I think that higher dollar amount, again, two couples coming to stay at your property, I think you could charge more. You would have a, be casting a wider net because those couples could could you know, if they are on vacation, they most likely want to hopefully lay in bed together where and if if it's kids, they can just they I think they most families don't mind if their children just sleep in the same bed together. But really, I think you're able to capture more get, potential guests by having those Two queens in there, so um, yeah. I, and I'd be interested, listeners, if anybody has some like, <laughs> you know, feelings where they've tr- they've tried this. Sarah and I haven't really tested this very much, the the twins versus the queen. But if any listeners have any feedback on that, we'd love to take that. But again, I just think getting that second second bed, and sometimes I mean, the twins could be easy to push together too if they if they wanted to. So
2: well, and and two, and Ashley, one more. Thought food for thought is depending on what you got, what you decide to do, whether it's nothing at all, which we totally get it, It, it's set up beautifully for a child to stay, and you have the air mattress there. And truly, depending on how you feel about it, Ashley, if you would welcome five to six guests, you could have that air mattress tucked Mm -hmm. away, you know, and have someone stay in your living room while still having an adult set up in that second bedroom. If you could also, um, if Financially, the house is doing well, but you could, I don't know if the room would allow for it, but you could upgrade that one bed to a king-size bed. I have played with that (laughs) with my listings and having a king-size bed in one of the rooms there's something about sleeping in a king bed while you're on vacay that for a lot of people just screams, you know, luxury or something they don't have. And it's just really, especially for, it just seems like a lot of the guys who end up booking my spaces are like, oh, I see you have a king size bed. That's great. <laughs> so um, that could be an upgrade you could make too in the future, at least play around with, with the setup.
3: And- yes. I agree.
0: And guests that come, like just if you think generationally, too, um, I know Florida. there's a lot of theme parks. there are a lot of families travel there. Let's say you have grandparents, parents. And then children, and maybe they only have one child, but you have that king size bed. Maybe the parents and the kids sleep in there, and the grandparents sleep in the other. I really, again, I just think you're casting like that huge net, and then maybe mm-hmm. grandparents sleep in the king, parents sleep in the queen, and then there's an air mattress for the kids in the in the um, living room. So I think you, and again, I think if you can up that to six guests, your you know your nightly rate also should increase significantly when that that's happening.
2: Right, Ashley. And then you can also, obviously, under pricing, charge more for any guests over four. And make that price significant so that you aren't getting people who are trying to like, I don't... I don't know if you know this, Ashley, but Annette and I are very much <laughs> against the heads and beds strategy. We are not trying to make you fit as many people as possible into your home mm-hmm. um, at all. But I do, I do see potential with having the air mattress there for the right reasons and for that extra price be significant. Um, so you're only attracting people who really want to stay here and are willing to put skin in the game to stay there and have six people in the home or five people or whatever that is. Okay, Annette, we also want to chat with Ashley about um, the fact that she is pet-friendly. Yes, which is a
0: huge bonus. But we want to know, do the pets have to pay to stay? Is there an additional fee at all?
3: I don't charge an additional fee for it. (laughs) All right, Sarah, let's... Do Do you feel strongly about that, Ashley? I mean, I don't feel. I feel strongly about allowing pets because, uh, I mean, we booked out our house in Logan, and it was right during the pandemic. And the main reason people would book with us was because we had pets. So I want to. I want to have pets, but I'm open to the details on it.
0: Well, Sarah, I think um, again before the call, we we did we debriefed on your property, and one of the things I like the analysis that you did, Sarahs. Ashley, we completely agree with you with allowing pets and being pet-friendly, but we also know that if someone is bringing their pet along with them, and most pets, you know, pets are part, part of everyone's family, and if they were to leave them at home, Sarah, let's do some of that math on why we think it's okay to do an additional charge for having the pet stay. Do you want to do those you- that math equation you were breaking down?
2: Right. So it, now, it obviously depends on where you're coming from. But I mean, I have, yet, and I am a pet owner. I have yet to see a nightly stay in a nice pet kennel or, or camp or whatever you want to call it, spa. <laughs> Some people get very fancy with their pet stays. that is less than $45 a night, a night. So if someone is coming to stay in your property, Ashley, for whatever your minimum night stay is, whether it be two, three, or four, and you were to ask for, depending on what that is, your stay is, you know, a 100 bucks for up to a seven-night stay, you know, that is still a win-win for you. And you're getting people who understand the value of, again, putting skin in the game to bring their pet along. And it's... Still cheaper for the traveler to do that if they're gonna bring their pet. Now, listeners, a little PSA. If the pet is actually a service animal, you cannot charge extra legally. You cannot say no to it. So, and if that makes you upset, you just can't have your listing on OTAs like Airbnb and Verbo, because they're gonna have to adhere to, you know, the, the law of the lands. But uh most most service animal owners know this and they'll just tell you like, hey, I'm bringing my service animal with me. And you essentially say, great. Um, now, if there's extenuating circumstances where like maybe it's your own home and you are deathly allergic to them, Airbnb might be or Verbo, any of these places might work with you on that. But just a quick PSA. But actually, yeah. So I hear you because I love traveling with my pet. And I would never leave my pet just personally in, you know, an extended stay situation or a kennel. And so if if a host was charging me a hundred bucks for, you know, a, a few nights to bring my pet along with me, I would totally get that, respect that and happily pay it to have my little furry friend with me. And then boom, you've made an extra, you know, hundred bucks just by just by saying that. And what I would do too, Ashley, is what I've learned is I would save you time with just saying we're pet friendly, inquire about our pet fee. Number one, you want to say that there's a fee in some fashion, but I've learned, and I'm just as a service provider as well in general, I like putting my fees out there for the world to see. It just cuts back on our back and forth conversation and gets the potential guests exactly what they want to know up front. Yes, there's a fee. Here's what it is. And that either... Unfortunately, Airbnb hasn't caught up yet with it being um, the pet fee isn't an easy thing to set before you confirm your guests stay. They have like a resort fee, a linen fee, a management fee, but they don't have a pet fee yet. I'm not quite sure why. So what I do is um, if it's a booking that I was secure on an OTA like Airbnb is I just tell them we will secure your pet fee after your booking is confirmed. And then you just send them, you just charge them that $100. Airbnb will ask you why. You say it's for the pet fee. The guests will pay it before they arrive. You just want to make sure all those checks and balances are done before they arrive. But I'm telling you, Ashley, once I just put it out there and I actually put it in the short description because you'll, if you ever do a search in your area, you are probably um, one of few that allow pets. And so, and your place is beautiful. You know what I mean? And, and you have it really dialed in. People are going to have no issue paying that fee.
3: Okay, I like that. I do. I do. I, I'll have to get my husband on board. <laughs> yeah. Or chat, you know,
2: and it, it doesn't have to be a hundred bucks. It could be whatever you guys are comfortable with. You might want to like maybe check what hotels charge too for the pets in your immediate area, maybe beat them a little bit by it, or maybe competitors in your area and see what they charge. Um, I will tell you though, too, actually, I'm um, hosting for many years now, as well as we'd like to think all pet owner parents are responsible, but they're not. <laughs> and so um, even when you tell them, you know, don't let them in the beds or on the couch or whatever it is, if whatever rules you have. You're going to have accidents on the rugs. It's just going to happen. Pets get, you know, nervous when they're in a space. They don't, they're not familiar with. And so this will just help you to save up a rainy day fund for replacing those rugs and just being pet friendly in general. And so I often tell that to my potential guests as well as like, you know, help us stay pet friendly by keeping your pets off the furniture and beds and know that your pet fee is going towards us staying pet friendly for many, you know, years to come. So that might help them feel like they're a part of you accepting our furry friends
3: yeah. I travel with my dogs, and it's like fifty dollars in idaho hotels. It's it's expensive,
2: so right a night, and that's a night. You know, like you could say up to a certain amount of days. You know, I know for at least in Columbus, Ohio, if you're gonna have a long term lease and you're committing to a year. Market rate is like 45 to $65 a month. And so that's with committing to a year. I'm not providing furniture. You know what I mean? And so it's just that convenience of bringing your animal along. Um, people are going to be fine with paying that. And you guys can make a little bit more money. I like it. All right, Annette, what else have we, haven't we talked about yet? I want to just
0: ask, we didn't talk about this before the show, Sarah, but Ashley, what's your cleaning fee currently? Uh, $100. Okay. That's probably, I, w- I just always encourage all hosts... Review your area and make sure that you are competitive with the cleaning fees in your area. I, because I was going to say, potentially, you might be able to charge more if you take a look at a bunch of properties and see that they're charging 125 you might be able to do that. I think it's just another opportunity to see what the market uh, rate is and make sure that you're falling in line, in line with that.
2: Ashley, I do want to go back to just the guest experience and so that you can get great reviews and then potential guests can see that. And then that also helps with future bookings. And so a few things that I wish I would have known back in New York City that I know now is the importance of a messaging cadence. So the fact that I obviously respond right away when a guest inquires, and I'm going to look really fast at your response rate. Yeah, your response rate is 100% and you respond within an hour, which is amazing. But you need need to take it beyond that and make sure your guest experience is is spot on during their stay. And so obviously responding right away to inquiries, and that's the most important part. After that, if a guest asks a question, you leave them hanging. Airbnb actually isn't, monitoring that. You don't have to feel like you have to have the last word in the message. I get that question a lot. No, it's just that initial back and forth. And of course, you want to at least accept or decline the guests or ask them to you know remove their request if it's not a good fit for for the guests to stay at your place. But then I also, once they book, I give them an expectation. Thank you so much for booking. You will get more details direct from us three days or so before your stay. That lets them know you will be reaching out. Here's when you can expect to hear from me. I don't like to do it too far in the future because those things get lost. You know what I mean? Like we're all living like what? If you're anything like me, I'm like looking at the week ahead and you're welcome if I do that. You know what I mean? Like, or a few days. So giving that expectation and then following up with that, right? Right three days before, send them those details. And then I also think you really hit a home run when the morning after they wake up, it's like nine or 10 in the morning, you ask them how their first night stay was. Is there anything that they can't figure out? Is there anything that isn't working properly? Allow me the opportunity to make it right, to fix it, to get you feeling really comfortable. If, the, if not, great. Enjoy the rest of your stay. And I can't tell you how many times guests will respond and say, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for checking in. Actually, yes, I can't figure out this darn TV or, you know, whatever it is. Um, it gives them permission. Because Annette said before, like, I don't want to admit that I can't work the TV because I'm supposed to be good at this. <laughs> right.
0: Or the shower. That's embarrassing. But sometimes I just can't figure out the temperature and like, you know, how to turn 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 all the things. Listeners, you know that's happened to you at a hotel or a short-term rental where you can't figure the water out. Yes.
2: <laughs> um... um And then, of course, you want to remind them what your checkout instructions are. Of course, it's on the app, and it's probably in your welcome book. But sending them a message, reminding them what is expected of them. And again, this is culture with short-term rentals. It's okay to ask them to do a couple things. I know your cleaning fee is $100, so I once stayed at a short-term rental. They literally asked me to do two loads of laundry. And um put my dishes away from the dishwasher. Like, and there was other things too that just made me upset. It's like, why are you charging me two hundred dollars if I'm literally cleaning this home for you? You know, so there's obviously a balance. There's nothing wrong with asking them to do a few things, listeners. And then you want to follow up, uh, you know, if they haven't left you a review yet with, um, you know, hey, how was your stay? Is there anything we could have done better? If so, I'd appreciate you to let me know directly right here because that way I can make the stay, you know, as great as it possibly can be for future guests. If not, it would be great if you could leave us a review. And a lot of you listeners might be wondering, well, that sounds like a lot of planning. <laughs> And it is. Um, and so I did want to share with you the um, app that I've grown to use and love. And Ashley, I don't know how you'd feel about this, especially being a busy mom and a blogger. Um, I know you're you, at any time you really are only managing one property, so you may not need this, but there's an app called Smart B and B for actually I had it for two. But yeah, for one listing, it's 18 bucks a month, and you can have it set up to automatically. Respond to guests. number one, it can trigger answers to questions you get often. So, hey, how far are you from the convention center? Smart B and B will know that the guest is asking that question and share that information like in an instant. It also can be, um, it'll send you the next your guests the next morning when they arrive. It'll send that message, send them check-in instructions as detailed as you like to get. It'll also know if they haven't left a review yet, and you can trigger it to say, hey. You know, is there anything about your stay we can improve? If not, would you leave us a review? And it can automatically review your guests for you so that you don't have to do that each and every time, which is kind of awesome. But Ashley, what is your what what kind of systems do you have for communicating with your guests before, during, and after their stay?
3: Um, so I do most of these. I don't have one the like the day after they're checked in. So I can add that. And I don't have anything automatically set up, but I've been looking for it. Like, why doesn't Airbnb provide? Like, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I like. I wrote this down so that I can like download it because it sounds amazing.
2: It is pretty good, and and you know, at eighteen bucks a month, it really isn't that much of an investment. And it also just takes off. Not only does it take things off your plate, Ashley, but. I don't know if any of you listeners are out there thinking, well, I like chatting with my guests. And I get that. So do I. I love the hospitality part of it. But just think, the quicker we're getting in the the information they need, the more they can get back to doing what it is they came to do, which is either there for business reasons, share time with family, whatever that might be. So um, I kind of think of it that way. Like, I want to get the information they need instantly. And I don't want to have to forget. Now, Airbnb does allow you to have canned responses. So you can write a whole thing out and save it. You can copy it and then you can um, send it off to your guest, but you have to manually do that. So, Smartbnb has been great for me. I actually don't know of any other product that is kind of this is what they do, which is automatic messaging. But uh, yeah, actually, if you know if that kind of investment would kind of take something off your plate, that might be well worth your while.
3: Yeah, I love it. There's
0: la- This is kind of the last one, I think, Sarah, and this one's kind of a big ask. Whoa, that kind of sounded like something else, but it's okay. I'll, <laughs> remind me not to say that again. Okay, so this one, and Sarah and I do not have experience with this, but we wanted to at least bring it to you because we have some other uh, host friends that do really well with this. They host on Away, and they see sometimes potentially larger earnings on Home Away because it's a platform that has been around longer. And, um, you know, most. Of the people going to Home Away are looking for full homes for their family to go stay. We're, we're still people on Airbnb are potentially looking for urban markets or smaller places or maybe individual stays. But a lot of times when people are going to Home Away, it is truly to find that home away from home for their family. And we just know some hosts that have had extreme success on listing there. And they say that they get longer stays and potentially larger earnings too. So that's something that you know. If you ever want to try that, I think it's definitely worth giving it a try. Uh, Sarah, what do you what do you think about HomeAway and, and that opportunity?
2: Well, remember HomeAway is owned by Verbo, right. and Verbo truly is the like grandfather of listing your your vacation rental online. And mm-hmm. so you do get a, a more mature, I don't want to say mature as in like behavior, but a more um, experienced vacation rental renter mm-hmm. um, on those on Vrbo. And then of course, absent. I can't talk, but also home away. Now, the only thing about those two platforms, Ashley, is it is kind of a pay-to-play. Mm-hmm. So, um, with anything in business, I you want to, if you're going to try it, I would try it for you know the next season. Measure it, see how it does, and then make that decision to keep it or not for the following, you know, the following season. But um, no, I think your property could potentially do really well there. Maybe go on to Verbo or HomeAway and check out the listings that are in your area and see if what competition looks like there, see how much pricing is different there. You might find um, some really cool things. And there are, there are just... There's one other thing I want to talk to you too, Ashley, is um, two things. I know I'm, that's a blessing thing, but I just can't help myself. Number one, um, you kind of say it on your listing that uh, it's gram-worthy. And I love that. People may not know it. Instagram worthy means. I know Ashley, you and I, you know, and Annette, like we live on Instagram and it's very important to our businesses, but they may not know what that means. So you could totally say Instagram worthy. And also, I don't know Ashley, how you feel about this, but if I was a content creator in Hollywood, Florida, whether I owned a product or I was a lifestyle brand, I would love to shoot in your space. And I want to know as a potential photographer or whomever prowling uh Airbnb, is if you would welcome me to reach out to you. And so if that kind of income, you know, would be of interest to you, you could even say that in your description. Like, we love photographers and content and brand shoots. Please inquire for availability. And then you can like suss them out, see if they'd be a good fit in your space. You don't want them moving furniture around. You don't want them using glitter. But, you know, depending on what. The market is for running out a studio by the hour, you can make some decent income uh, you know from those types of shoots, especially in the off season
3: I've had a few people ask me, and I just haven't known what to charge like how to go about it, so I like haven't really done anything yet with it. yeah, um what Annette
2: and I did actually because we had the same question um, is if you can do a search on Google for photography studios in Hollywood and kind of see what... It's usually an hourly rate. We've learned that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's usually an hourly rate and depends on how many people you allow to be at the shoot. Now, if it's a larger production situation, like a bigger brand is coming to the home and wants to like have cameras and that sort of thing. You can always reach out to me because Annette and I've actually done that a few times and we've learned a few things. But if it's a smaller local business, you know, I think somewhere around, you know, in Columbus, at least, it's like, what, Annette? Like 75 bucks an hour? Mm-hmm. 50 bucks an hour That's for anyone least. under like 10 people? Yeah. Yeah. And so... And I would have like a little thing, just thinking ahead of the things that you would want them to do or not do, you know, do they need to move furniture? That's the big thing, you know, like, and how you feel about that. Um, and if you feel strong and they don't move the furniture, which I wouldn't be mad if that was how you felt, you know, you want to make sure that they're not going to be doing that and they can get the shots they need without having to do that. But um, yeah, I would say do that research, Ashley, because you might find even, in you know, when you're in Florida and you're renting out your Logan home, if, if these people if these photographers don't have to go and stage a studio on top of all the other logistics that takes to getting a good shot, I mean, you know, Ashley, how much goes into that. Um, That's a lot of value there. (laughs) So uh, that could be a really cool way for you to make some some extra income. And then on your blog, is there a reason on At Home with Ashley, you don't have like a thing on your above the fold where it says like, stay with me or my Airbnbs or anything like that?
3: No, I just haven't thought about that. I like that idea (laughs) though. So... So just yeah. like thanks to the listing. Oh, yeah, girl. Like mm-hmm. did, I say, I'm on your website right
2: now and it says home, blog, decor, design, DIY, about, shop. You know, you could have one that says stay with me. Um, our Airbnbs or just the word Airbnb. Whatever you want to do that you think your readers might gravitate towards. But my goodness, I know that a lot of my friends who are bloggers have really had a lot of their, you know, fans or people who appreciate their design uh, seek out their spaces. And that just could be another great way to get, um people to, to your listings. And of course, as you're learning about hosting, that could also be where you also put your content for becoming, being a better Airbnb host um, could live as well. I, you know, I don't know, but I just think that would be really great to have another place to show off your designs and your homes and the fact that they can actually stay with you, you know, quote unquote.
3: Yeah. Might as well, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. I think that was all the
2: things that we had. Ashley, how do you feel? <laughs>
3: I feel good. I feel like I need to like go work on this right the second. <laughs> 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 I think it's good. None of it like offended me at all, so that's good news. But that's awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. we can't.
2: We can't wait to see what you implement, what worked, what didn't. Obviously, like what you measure, we have to measure our business, you guys. Right? Like it's one thing for Annette and I to have opinions or past experiences that we share with you that helps you make decisions for your rentals, but you have to implement record, measure, and then look back and see how it performed and make those decisions moving forward. But honestly, a lot of it is trial and error. So if you're just not sure, but you have a decent feeling about it, make the decision to just do the thing, whether it's upgrade to a king or you know, put two twins instead of two queens, or maybe it's a bunk bed with instead, like whatever it is, like just make the decision and then measure it. Um, Ashley, any other questions that you had, Birding, that we didn't ask or we didn't touch on?
3: Um, not that I can think of. No, I was very thorough. And I took so many <laughs> notes. Thank
2: you. And, <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, we'll have you'll have a podcast episode too. And we just want to thank you for letting us get into your listing and and share all the improvements that we might make if they if it was ours with our listeners. Annette, anything, any thoughts or last words
0: yeah, this. Uh- Listeners and Ashley, this is a blast for Sarah and I. This is, I'm going to say it, this is fun. This is our fun. And um, if you're interested in having us break down your property like this, um, we, we're we happy to do that. It's something that we offer. You, if you go to our website, you can book a consultation call with us. And and this is the exact stuff that we do all the time with clients to help them increase their revenue. Or just, you know, sometimes they need... Um, a sounding board. They have questions and we're more than happy to to help you through that and, and answer any and all the questions and dissect your listing and your business. And we just we thank Ashley for giving us the opportunity to to do what we love to do. And so do it on the air with her. And we we appreciate that.
2: And this just means Ashley now that we have to come to both Hollywood yes. and Logan. <laughs> yes.
3: Oh my gosh.
2: Um, that would be so fun. <laughs> that would be, that would be so fun. <laughs> yes. So good. <laughs> Ashley, where
0: I, I think we already told everybody where they can find you, but where where do you can you tell them again where you hang out online and how they can uh, interact with you?
3: Of course. So my blogs at homewithashley.com and Instagrams at, at homewithashley, or you can follow my Airbnb listing at Pink Palm Hideaway. And please
0: follow her everywhere and DM her a thank you or something that you learned from our episode. Thanks so much, Ashley. We really appreciate your time today.
2: All right, listeners. Oh, it's our pleasure. Listeners, until next week, I am Sarah Caracayan. I'm Annette Grant, and together we are.
0: Thanks Thanks for visiting.
1: visiting. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Thanks for Visiting Podcast head on over to the show notes for this episode at thanksforvisiting.me. If you're looking to take your listing to the next level and show your guests how much you care, be sure to check out our line of thoughtful hosting products from hosting checklists to custom mugs to toilet paper stickers, we've got you covered. And if you love our show, remember, sharing is caring. Please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Awesome reviews help us bring you awesome content. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to hanging out with you next week. Thanks for visiting.